Hello and welcome to the Success on Scramble podcast. This is Alvern and you're very welcome to the podcast today. I actually help female entrepreneurs to start and scale the online marketing for their business so that they can live a life of time and freedom with confidence. In today's episode, we'll be looking at a very interesting question. Can on-page optimization or on-page SEO grow blog traffic by 650%. What do you think? Okay, so let's get started. Are you confused by on-page optimization? Ever wondered if it has any effect on organic traffic growth? Well, if you have been blogging for a while, you know that it is super important to spend a lot of time marketing your blog posts. You see, blog traffic is sometimes something that grows over time by using consistent and frequent effort. Many bloggers continue to struggle with the reality that, well, building visibility to their blog takes a lot of time and perseverance. However, what many fail to realize is that there are certain things that you can leverage. These will help you get better results on your time investment. One of these things is on-page optimization, which sounds more technical than it really is. So in this particular episode, we will take a look at a company that did just that, covering a very boring topic called synthetic oil. So what is on-page optimization anyway? So before we dive into it, on-page optimization is also known as on-page SEO. It is basically the process where you as a blogger or website owner or a business owner with a website <laughs> tweak the content on your blog posts. It is, done, it is done in such a way to help the search engines index your content really well. The tweaking process involves three important components of your blog post or page. These are the text, so the actual content in terms of the writing, the visuals, you have things like your images, videos, etc. And then the most important, and last but not least, user-friendliness. So as a blogger, you will include a number of technical and user-friendly elements in your content. It will help both the search engines as well as your readers. An example of these elements include things like internal links, meta descriptions, meta tags, as well as all tags for your images. The reason you're doing this is that search engines use things called spiders or bots or robots to crawl and index your content. This thing actually takes a lot of time um, and these robots are unable to understand the content like humans do. So you just need to place special codes around your content to help them understand and index accordingly. Okay, so let's spend some time looking at this synthetic oil story. Daisy Quaker worked with a synthetic oil company where she increased website traffic by 650%. And here is her story. So open quotes. In 2016, I joined a company that sold synthetic oil, the stuff in your engine that you change every couple of months. One of my tasks was to grow website traffic and the best channel I landed on was the company plug. The corporate e-commerce website. Yep, we sold engine oil online at a premium. 
So the corporate company e-commerce website was a political minefield. Uh, so I had very limited sway. The blog, however, was not. A group of three contributors would meet weekly and throw spur of the moment, uh, moment post together. Sounds familiar? <laughs> it had a spor sporadic publishing schedule. The topics were dry. I know that just sounds wrong because we're dealing with synthetic oil. It was a blog about motor oil after all. So it wasn't very uh, silky, I guess, not like oil, very dry. And the blog traffic was correspondingly sluggish. The blog at a time had an average of under just under 5,000 sessions a month. Within a year, we doubled it. Within two years, we scaled it up seven times. By the time I left, we had surpassed 100,000 sessions within a month threshold. Yes, that's 100,000 sessions. So essentially, the blog went from 5,000 sessions a month to 100,000 sessions a month. Wouldn't you like to know what she did? <laughs> okay, so before I continue, I have to tell you um, where to find this particular, the show notes for this particular podcast because uh, Daisy also in, uh, included a number of screenshots, as well um, as some information that you would like to be able to access, like uh, the, the link to the full story, etc. So you need to go to successonscrambled.com forward slash on page optimization. That's on dash page dash optimization. Successonscrambled.com forward slash on page optimization. That's on dash page dash optimization. In terms of how she actually used on, on, on page optimization to grow the blog to over 100,000 sessions a month, here are the specifics. Not all posts shall be optimized equally and that's okay. So open quote again, despite our best efforts, the blog was a volunteer project slated among a slew of tasks we all had. Thus, not all posts were created equal. Some posts pulled more, more than their fair share of traffic. We focus on on-page optimization for those each summer with the help of our interns. On a given blog post, we might have tweaked the blog post title, another one added a table of contents with anchor links and bonus points for voice search phrases, changed the URL with a redirect, of course, implemented all tags, added crawl, human, and voice search-friendly subheads, added videos where relevant, lengthened the posts with relevant additional content. By implementing these tactics, several of our posts were able to gain position 0 or 1 and garnered pretty significant spikes in traffic. An example of a post that benefited from extra some extra love was our engine flush blog post. I know that just sounds wrong. Engine flush. How exciting. It, it became a hallmark for how we would, we could optimize good writing on a relevant topic into a high ranking and ultra so friendly post. Close quotes. Again, I've left a link in the show notes so you can get access to the full story. And I've also included a screenshot of what Daisy Quaker did to make the boring topic of synthetic oil. I, uh, aka engine flush uh, more appealing. So there's a screenshot of, of uh, I guess, the introduction of the blog post that deals with engine flush. And it's entitled, is, is an engine flush good or bad? 
Again, head over to the show notes at successunscrambled.com forward, forward slash ooh, forward slash on page optimization. That's on dash page dash optimization. All right. So how can you do an on page optimization like Daisy did? Here's a step-by-step guide. Here are uh, here is the list of things that Daisy did that helped her and her team grow their blog traffic to 100,000 pages, page views, which represent an increase of 650% in three years. Number one, they tweak the blog title, the blog post title, or the blog heading. If you are like me and you're not a copywriter, you'll soon discover that, that your ability to create amazing post titles or headline needs a little bit of work over time. It's something that you need to grow into. A few weeks ago, I wrote a comprehensive uh, blog post and even did a podcast outlining six amazing tools to help you to skyrocket your ability to write awesome headlines. In case you missed it, then uh, you can head over to the link. I've left a link in the show notes that gives you a big list of how to get a big list of uh, catchy blog titles or headlines. Added a table of contents. Now, there are, I guess, two broad schools of thoughts when it comes to table of contents. Some ex- SEO experts say you don't need it, that it actually slows down your sites and adds a lot of um, baggage. Others say it's really helpful and it helps readers not to skim, but to actually spend time reading your, your content. I'm just telling you what Daisy used to help her get 100,000 pages. So in simple language, uh, this is very similar to adding an index or table of contents to your thesis in college. If you are using WordPress.org as your blogging platform, you will be glad to hear that there are several plugins available to make this process quite easy. You simply choose one from the list that that's when you head over to um, Google and search for uh, WordPress table of cont- content plugins. You just follow the instructions and install it. Um, but I found one that, okay, so when you when you head over to and you see the list of plugins, there could be five of between five and 10 different plugins for table of contents. I went through them myself and some of them are premium. You have to pay for them. Some of them are free. Some of them that are free, haven't been updated in eight months or a few years. So you wouldn't want to use any of those. You want to use a plugin that allows you to implement a table of contents or not. So you give you the ability to switch it on on or off and possibly even to customize uh, when necessary your table of contents. So with over 10,000 active installations and support for the latest version of WordPress, I found one and it's called Lucky WP Table of Contents. I know, very strange name, but it seemed to be good um, to choose for um, your particular needs. I'm going to be using a table of contents in my next uh, show notes. So you can probably find out how I get on by visiting that one. And it's not ready yet, so I can't actually give you the link or anything like that. Um, but if you subscribe to my podcast, you will be able to know um, the, the, the one that follows this particular podcast episode and you can see the table of contents in action because that particular show notes is about 6,000 words so it would need a table of contents. Okay, 
before we go into a different direction, let's head look over another the third thing that Daisy did. So she changed changed the URL. So if you are new to using SEO or search engine optimization, uh, it is possible that your URL or link might have may not have the keyword that you really want in there. So it means that you will have to change the URL, which is what something that Daisy Daisy and her team did. If you decide that you want to change the URL, so before I even go into what she did and everything, it is advised that you do this with a lot, a lot of thought and 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 you know careful consideration, because changing the URL of a blog post um, and giving it a redirect, a three hundred one redirect, um, can put you on a back foot. Especially if you're changing, if you're changing one or two, it's not so, not so bad. But I know some people who change in like 50 or 100 URLs at the same time. You could lose a lot of um, juice, uh, SEO juice, link juice, uh, recognition from Google when you do something that drastic. But sometimes people do it because they're rebranding and they just have no choice but to do it. But if it's something that you need to do, please do it with a lot, a lot of consideration and thought. <laughs> Don't run into it very quickly, Okay. So in this particular step, you'll need to exercise a little bit of caution because it, if you don't do it properly, your readers can end up with a four, four or four error pages. I currently use a redirect plugin because like a typical female, I changed my mind about having WooCommerce on my blog and I think I might change my mind again, put it back again, but that's besides the point. When your blog has over 100 pages or posts, you will discover that it's very, very difficult to remember all of the content that you created over the past two or three years. It's just, yeah, it's just too much information. So the plugin that I use is called Redirection, just simply. And it's so simple. It, there are four or five different sections. Really easy to understand. After you install it, you go to the settings page of the actual plugin itself and click on 404s. There's an actual tab inside of the settings section of this plugin called 404s. When you click on that, you can actually group the 404 errors, which is great because you might find yourself with thousands of 404 errors. Some of the errors, I don't even understand what it means because something to do with images or something like that. Maybe I change an image or, you know, I don't know why people are clicking on images anyway or why images are coming up in the search. But anyway, when you click on the 404s, uh, you'll see all the errors. You can group them. And then what you can do then is instruct uh, the plugin by saying, Anybody who comes to this page, redirect them to a different page. And that sorts it. It's so easy. It's really so simple. People keep running away from SEO and on-page optimization and technical optimization. Like if it's so scary, but actually it isn't. It's just very, uh, I guess, logical in the way you do things. Uh, like I said, all you need to do is just add the page where you use users need to go instead or re be directed instead. And what, what happens then is once a, once a user clicks on the all link that they find in the Google search, Google search results, they will automatically be directed to the new page that you have as a, as a new URL. Okay. So I hope that actually made sense for you. Uh, unfortunately, it is, it is a necessary evil because sometimes you put something on your website and you need to change it. You need to change URL and, and that's just the way life goes. So another thing that Daisy did was implemented alt tags. Did you know that 97% 90, 
of page one results have at least one image on the page. So the, the most simple way to explain this particular step is that Daisy and her team added some special coding or text around the blog content so that Google's robots can index it properly, especially the blog images. All tags can include adding an alternative tag, text tag to images that can be uh, interpreted properly. This I have a screenshot in the show notes that shows a, a simple example of an alt tag, which is used to describe an image in case of a slow internet connection or where the image didn't load. Because sometimes the image just gets corrupt for no reason at all. It happened to me around this time last year, actually, where one whole year's worth of images just became corrupt. No matter what, I contacted my web host company and I would go in and I wouldn't, I wouldn't see the images. Sometimes I would see it. The whole library was just corrupt. So what they actually had to end up doing, my web host company, is to restore the blog to an earlier version. And then I had to scramble and go and uh, put in the, the missing information. So that means I only lost about a week or two of, or maybe even three or four weeks of content, which is only four blog posts or four um, podcasts. And so I had to go in, scramble and put in, you know, put them in from scratch. Luckily, I, I, um, I say I always have a backup of my site and, and I have a backup of my images on my hard drive as well as uh, on, a, on an external hard drive that is not my hard drive, so in the cloud, basically. So I was able to just pull that information together and restore those particular, well, not restore, but I guess put them in there from again from scratch. And there you go, everything was fine. But I would not have to, have to imagine to write uh, 50, 60 plus blog posts from scratch along with the images. Thank goodness for, you know, backups. So one good note for you to, to remember to maybe always back up your website, always have a backup. I always have three or four or five different backups, just in case, just in case, just in case. Okay. It is also, it also works well. So putting in the alt tag is just, I know you can't see the screenshot because you're listening to a podcast, but if you head over to successunscramble.com forward slash on page optimization, and that's on dash page dash optimization. If you head over there, uh, you would, you would see the screenshot of what I'm talking about. And basically, Whenever you upload an image, there are three different elements to it. So three, one of the reasons why this is important, and it's not necessarily Google leaving it uh, being very fussy. You have, to, you have to remember that there are people who would use the internet who uh, have vision impairment. So, and if they have a vision impairment, it means they cannot see your images. So instead, what uh, Google wants you to do is to put... Uh, a, a, some sort of a description of the image, uh, or like a picture of whatever it is, so that a person who cannot see your image will be able to know when they're when they're reading, and maybe they're reading using voice uh, voice enabled device, uh, and they will know that there are pictures within your content. Okay, so I know. You know, sometimes you think, oh my goodness, why does Google want this? And this thing is too hard. But you have to consider there are so many different people, so many different ways of accessing content uh, these days that it's important that we, you know, we we, we make sure that we allow um, 
the availability to any kind of person, whether they be visually impaired or maybe they're illiterate and they can't read, they can only listen. Hence the reason why I'm doing these podcasts, so I can help also people who can listen. You know, they may not be able to read my content, but if they listen, they can actually understand what's going on here as well. So each image you place on your blog should have three different elements. Your file name, your title, and as well as the alt text. And it could be that all three of them will have exactly the same information. It could be really it's up to yourself. Um, but it's advisable that you always include the alt text um, because it helps people with disabilities who are not able to see the image itself. Next up, we have added search-friendly subheads. So in a previous podcast, I mentioned the use of H1, H2, H3, and H4 tags. I've left a link in the show notes. You can go back and have a look at that particular podcast or listen even. Um, these are the technical names for subheadings as well as sub-subheadings, as I like to call them. I'm sure there's a better name for that, but I just call them sub-subheadings. So H1 would be the title or the heading of your blog post, whereas H2 will be the first level of your subheading. H3 will be the subheading on the H2, and H4 will be the subheading on the H3. So Daisy and her team ensured that the subheadings were also human-friendly, and they will be able to be um, searched using voice search as well. In other words, it needed to make sense. Next, she added uh, videos. So videos is one of those things that's still in progress in terms of the best way to add them to a uh, piece of content. Simply because, um, yeah, if I find a way to, f to use videos on every post, I would because at least it will help people who are not able to read the content but they're able to watch a video, they'll be able to understand because I want to cater for every uh, person and their needs. However, uh, I discovered that just by adding a link to YouTube on my show notes or my blog post, it reduced my page speed by 20%, which is not good news. I am absolutely sure that there is a way to hack this particular setback, as in getting the video to actually play within the post, and as soon as I find that, I'll come back and update this particular um, uh, show notes so that you can find it there. But other than that, it's just so difficult to add video to um, your notes. But she did it successfully within her, uh, her blog. And if you, you know, listen for a few more minutes, you'll actually find out what else happened to me with regards to adding videos. And um, what you should be aware of. Another thing that Daisy did was lengthen the posts with an additional with additional content. I know that I have written extensively, probably bored everyone to tears with the importance of having blog posts that is long enough to answer all your readers' questions. With the exception of recipe posts, because recipe posts are so straightforward, you've got, maybe you might have a, back, a small backstory, the ingredients, the method, baking, pictures of what it looked like, yummy, yummy, and here are some other one related recipes. That's it. You don't have a lot of content in recipes. So with the exception of recipe posts, the goal of every blogger is to have posts ranging between 1,500 and 2,000 words. Daisy and her team have shown in their study that by creating longer posts, they were able to get their, their blog to 100,000 page views a month. 
So let's look at the best plugins for on-page optimization because on-page on optimization to do it manually is a very boring <laughs> thing to do. But in life, there's always shortcuts, which is yay, good news for us as female entrepreneurs. Did you know that updating old posts with new content and images can increase your blog traffic by 111%? Rather than have you spend a lot of time manually doing on-page SEO, here are a few tools to help you get it done quicker, more efficiently, and more excitingly, and more fun. So a large part of doing on-page optimization is focusing on your overall SEO. This can be easily accomplished by using a plugin called Yoast SEO. Um, and if you need a detailed tutorial about how to use that plugin, I've left the link in the show notes. Head over to successonscramble.com forward slash on page SEO, sorry, on page optimization. So that's on dash page dash that dash optimization. So I'll say it again because that was very confusing. Success on scramble.com forward slash on page optimization. That's on dash page dash optimization. Okay. So having a site that loads quickly on mobile devices is a requirement that Google implemented back in the mid, the mid to end of 2018. Ensuring that your images are optimized as much as possible can be done prior to uploading them to your site. So you can use a site like Kraken, I don't know if you've never, ever heard of it, but there's a, uh, an online tool called Kraken Image Optimizer, but the only problem with it is that your original image or the image that you want to optimize cannot be greater than one meg. And most images, I, I, like I've, to find an image that is, you know, that that size or smaller is really, really rare. Um, but use it as much as you possibly can. It's called Kraken Image Optimization. Optimizer, sorry. Uh, you can also use a plugin. That's just, this is for wordpress.org users to further reduce the size of your images. By my go-to plugin uh, for image optimization. And I've done an in-depth study of this. I've used... EWW Image Optimization Optimizer. I've used um, uh, Smush Optimizer. I've used quite a lot of image optimization plugins. So this is the one that I found that actually, you know, um, optimize. Yes, it's there is a premium element you have to pay for it, but it's not a lot of money that actually optimizes your images, no matter what. It's the most the most optimized result. Uh, it's called a short pixel. Again, I've left a link in the show notes. So you can find out all about it there. Um, and, you know, if you want to, to find out more, just leave a message in the comments or you can send me an email to find out more about my, my research and my study that I did about uh, comparing and contrasting image plugins. How exciting. <laughs> okay, next we have the technical optimization. So before doing any on-page optimization at all, you, you may need to spend some time doing technical optimization of your blog. What on earth is technical optimization, Alvern? Well, <laughs> at this point, your eyes probably glazed over and you suddenly feel very tired, sleepy, and even uninterested. That's okay. <laughs> Whenever you need to, um, 
you know, solve a problem with your traffic, you're going to come back to this podcast or head over to the show notes at successunscrambled.com forward slash on page optimization because just in a few minutes, you're going to find out what happened to me, um, why this is so vitally important, okay? I will explain technical optimization in great detail in a separate podcast and separate posts and separate shoots and everything. But essentially, it means ensuring that these six things outlined here are adhered to. So enabling 301 redirects, which is something we spoke about, the re- your redirects, just in case you change a URL and you just didn't like the name, you removed an S, it was misspelled, you know, whatever the excuse doesn't matter, you had to update the URL, that's fine. You need to use 301 redirects. And I already told you there's a plugin or recall redirection. So simple to use. Next up is number two is reducing site errors. This one is you have to literally go into Google Search Console. There used to be a section when you go into Google Search Console called Crawl, where you'd see all the errors on your blog. Um, that, no, that no longer is there. Um, well, I guess it depends. Well, I think... Google Search Console actually has a different uh, user interface depending on which country you're in. But anyway, where I am, when I head over to Google Search Console, uh, you'd see uh, a tab called um, Performance uh, and other tabs. But the the section you're looking for is one called Enhancements. Right now, Google is testing, uh, uh, what do you call it, page speed optimization in in the crawl error section, which is under call on enhancements. And they, according to them, 77, 77 of my, my pages are not optimized for mobile. I don't know where they're getting that information from. But anyway, they say it's in beta at the moment. So hopefully they saw that. Otherwise, I'll have to change my post again. But anyway, that aside, I'm going really off topic here. It's important that you go into the section called enhancement or crawl errors and see, take a look at the errors. I'll explain again in a few minutes what happened to me, you know, in, in the crawl error section. And number three on the list is ensuring that there is no duplicate content. Now, this is super important. If you have uh, any form of duplicate content on your website, Google will index the first, uh, first page, no, first, what's the word I'm looking for? The first occurrence of, of this particular content and every other page that's the sim- same or similar or mostly similar to this page will get de-indexed. That's just the way Google works. They don't want to see any duplicate con- content anywhere. Uh, submitting an XML sitemap to Google. This is done when you, if you, if your site is brand new, even if you've never done this before, you need to get the Google Analytics plugin which I've mentioned several times in the past. Um, and that plugin then will allow you to set up your, your Google Search Console, uh, sorry, your Google, yeah, well, your Google sitemap uh, properly so that you actually have a page called yourblogname.com forward slash uh, sitemap.xml, I think is the, the actual way it's written normally. And if you go to that, you will actually see a page that looks like if it has all this. It's an XML format, actually. I studied XML many years ago. So, oh, I know this is going to sound really confusing for you. But trust me, just relax. You don't need, this is not going to be very hard. 
the um what do you call it the yoast seo plugin also helps with this okay um you set up the plugin follow the step-by-step instructions they will actually give you an xml site xml sitemap url that you can just go into google search console and submit it this podcast is not about <laughs> setting this up so that's why i can't go into a lot of detail about this right here right now number five is indexing any page that got the index and this happened to me that's why i you know you have no idea like i went in sometime recently and saw that i have 3,000 the index pages and my blog isn't, doesn't even have a thousand pages so it's just impossible um and by doing a little bit more digging i noticed that some of my actual pages were the index and, and i'm wondering why but anyway let me not go into that right now because i'm going to explain that a little in a little bit i also discovered recently that um three weeks of my blog content wasn't indexed and i just had to go in and index it so you may be wondering why your traffic isn't growing as it needs to, it is possible that some of your pages either got the index or they haven't been indexed yet. Just head over to the Google Search Console and have a look at that section on the enhancements and you will see there's a section called ignored, uh, pages ignored or something like that. So index pages and the pages that they have ignored. And if it's a very high number, beware. Just click into it and have a look. It could be that Google has indexed, the index some of your pages. And then for all of your most recent blog posts over the last say four weeks to, to three months, um, have a look and make sure that they actually are indexed. Uh, again, you go into the index section and see that those pages have been indexed in the Google search console. Next up and number six is the SSL certificate, which adds a level of security to each page. I covered a podcast about this last year, I believe. and I'm sorry, it's quite last year. But basically, you need to use an SSL certificate on your blog. Whether or not you sell products online or not, doesn't really matter. Google just wants that your content is secure and to, to give the user a, a bit of um, safety and security around your blog. Um, so it's really simple to get done. Uh, I will try and make an other link to, in the show notes that gives you... Um, a link to that podcast that covers SSL certificates as well as the shows. Okay, so down to my typical example. So a typical example recently, when I talk about Google de-indexing my pages, I found out that Google de-indexed 12 of my pages. I was like, what the? <laughs> How could they even, uh, what? And when I looked in the error, crawl error section, or the, the enhancement section as, it now, as, it now, as it's now called, I noticed, and they emailed me about this, I think a couple of months ago, where the videos that I have on my blog post were missing the required tags. I was like, but those are not my videos. I can't update the tags. So I just ignored it. Lo and behold, I went in there recently and Google indexed 12 pages. I noticed a drop in the traffic, but I, I, could, I think maybe it's something to do with the algorithm of, of the, not knowing that Google the the index pages that were on page one. Can I just say they were on page one? Anyway, this is me going on and on about this. What I discovered then is, like I said, the videos were missing the required tags. They weren't my videos, so I couldn't update the tags. It sounds absolutely crazy, but Google owns YouTube, so there's nothing that we as bloggers can do to fix the issue. So what I did is I 
took a screenshot of the video, included the image of the video in, the, in each blog post, and then added a link to the image that they can actually, when they click on the image, they will actually uh, open a, a separate tab that carries them to the YouTube video. Uh, that solved the problem, thankfully. I have included a screenshot of the error messages so you know what to look out for if you are experiencing this problem or you have no idea if, you're, um, if you are experiencing this problem or you got the email from Google a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks back actually where they were telling you that some videos were missing error, missing tags and you're thinking like, what well, that has nothing to do with me. So I've included a screenshot in the show notes. Head over to success on scramble.com forward slash um, on page dash on dash page dash optimization. So many bloggers believe that their topics are not interesting enough to attract readers to their website. In Daisy's example, you can see that it took a good amount of creativity, perseverance, and thinking outside the box to get needed the needed results for her blog. I love the fact that growing and maintaining a blog was not in anyone's job description. So doing this was totally voluntary effort for everyone involved. To get a detailed guide on how you can conduct a thorough on-page optimization project for your blog, grab the ultimate SEO checklist. I've left a link in the show notes. While doing on-page optimization is not the only thing that is required to increase website traffic, it is foundational to getting your content to show up in Google. So, over to you. Have you had any experience that was similar to this where you, you experienced a drop in traffic and you had no idea what was going on? Did you check the Google, Google search console? Whatever you do, remember to subscribe to the Success Unscrambled podcast where you will be the first to hear what's happening in the entrepreneurial and digital marketing world. Your positive review of this podcast is vital to keeping it alive and running for the next 12 to 24 months. So please leave a positive review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast players. If you are looking for non-technical or creative ways to increase readers to your blog, then you need to check out how to grow blog traffic resource, which I left the link of in the show notes. Uh, Get your hands on the top tools, tips, tricks, and hacks that pro bloggers are using for success. And by grabbing these 15 blogging secrets, I've left a link in the show notes. Learn about a blogger who used a bit of common sense together with the weather to increase her traffic like crazy and to attain blogging success. I left the link to that in the show notes. So the goal, again, of Success and Scrambled is to help female entrepreneurs as well as potential entrepreneurs to start and scale their online business using organic traffic methodologies. Okay, and that's it for today. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of the week. Bye for now. <laughs>